Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy-Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and sell and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. Lighting on commercial trucks, you know, when you think about it, some people do the bare minimum. Other trucks I've seen, they're lit up like a Christmas tree. Regardless of uh, what the driver's personal preference is, there is a minimum level of lighting that is required to ensure that commercial vehicles are safe. In this episode, we're going to talk about smart visibility systems for the heavy-duty truck industry. And to help us with that, I'd like to introduce you to Chris Kamek, Global Market Manager Aftermarket at Brody. Chris, welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Jamie, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Grody's been around a long time. I did a little bit of research on Grody. 1901, the company was started, and I understand that the Grody's have been operating it all that time. You've been with the company 21 full years. I think you're in your 22nd year with the company. How has a company like that remained innovative for such a long period of time? Yeah, yeah, Jamie, you're right. I actually have my 21-year anniversary on the 15th of November. And then I will be, you know, starting that 22nd year. So it's been a fun adventure for me. You know, the company, as you mentioned, was founded in 1901. And it started out in the uh, uh, suburbs on the Kentucky side near Cincinnati, Ohio. And it originally started out with uh, William Grody. It was a chemical company. We were making uh, soda ash initially for the original Mr. Proctor and the original Mr. Gamble. And before it became Procter and Gamble, and that's kind of how the, the company got started. It was the original Mr. Grody was a chemist, and he sold patents to James Kodak, and and things like that. His son uh, Walter brought in the first molding machines from Germany, some of the first from Germany, and created the system that made automated molding machines, plastic injection molding. And for that, he's in the Plastics Hall of Fame. And those molding machines are in some archive or warehouse someplace in the Smithsonian Institute. Uh, at the 100-year anniversary, we tried to get those back because we had donated them you know, for decorations in the room. They politely declined that offer because they said they had no idea where they were at. They were in some kind of archive, but they certainly knew they had them, but they weren't sure where. You know, when the company starts that way, right, you're trying to find your way and figure out how to do things. It, it's built into the culture and it's built into the history. And And that history, you know, it it permeates all the way through. It is still a family-owned company. And that's one of the big pieces of of that innovation story. You know, our core values are trust and integrity, responsibility and respect. And that's all woven through the the way the Grody family goes to business, the way they operate their business, and the culture that they built for us uh, as employees at Grody. We're, as you mentioned, family-owned company. We're a heavy-duty visibility uh, solutions provider for the transportation industry. And so everything that we do really since the late 50s has all been centered around automotive and the automotive industry and the heavy duty industry as we've progressed through 
you know, we're not only trucking, we're growing uh, as, a, as a supplier in the off-road industry, so agriculture and construction as well. Before I started Grody in 98, you mentioned I've been here 20-some years, so I started in 98. I was in the radio industry, and uh, I was a morning DJ and sports director and news director at a really small station. And there are some parallels between what, what my career has been like here at Grody and that radio station. When I first started, we were still spinning records, right? 33s and, and trying to queue them up. And then we moved from records to CDs in the short time I was there. I only did that about five or six years while I was in college. And we went from records to CDs. And at the end of my career, we were at satellite. We were beaming all of the this, this content in. And there was really a quick turn in the uh, technology in the radio industry from the, you know, the late 90s to the early 2000s. I started here in 98, and it was very similar. You know, we had one or two email addresses. We were still doing paper memos. And all of a sudden, you know, we're changing everything. We have internet. We have email. We're, you know, we're, our processes are changing. The way we manufacture things are changing. We're growing as a company from having the world headquarters here in southern Indiana to two facilities in Canada, one in Mexico, then adding a European facility and adding a couple of Chinese facilities. So that hunger for growth, that uh, drive uh, to be the best supplier in the industry, that really is baked into the culture. And I've been lucky to be on both sides of it, right? We go from incandescent lighting to uh, halogen and then LED or from an interior light, from a fluorescent light to an LED light. I've been really lucky to see that whole progression right at the end up to where we're at. And who knows what we'll be doing in the future. Maybe it'll be lasers and you know, maybe sharks with lasers on their head or something. I don't know, but. But it'll be, um, but it'll be <laughs> it's, it's exciting. It's a fun company to work for. Yeah, great, great uh, Austin Powers reference. That's fantastic. <laughs> I actually have a story for you that you wouldn't have heard probably. So it would have been about 2007. And I just went to work for a very large national aftermarket distributor of heavy duty parts here in Canada. And Gord Alloway, who's now retired. Huh? Great yeah. guy, though. Great guy. Good old Gord. <laughs> Good old Gord. Yeah, Gord came in. He was a sales manager for the Western region, and he was bringing in his new salesman to introduce us. And Gord had a bit of a gripe. We weren't selling enough grody parts. But it was really funny because before they came to visit us, the branch manager and I made the decision to transition the store to a grody house. And so we actually packed up all the other guys' lights. We minimized the inventory down to almost nothing, sent it all back to the DC, and we put in a massive grody order. And the whole wall was all grody lights. And so Gord had walked in and he was so used to going to that store. I don't think he even noticed the change. He walked into the office. He very, very professionally brought up that we weren't buying enough. And so I kind of had a little bit of fun with him. I came back really assertive and, you know, kind of had a little bit of fun. And then I pointed out the window of the office and I said, why don't you look over there, Gord? <laughs> and he looks yeah, over. How, how much do I have to sell? <laughs> and it's just all grody lights. <laughs> He's like, oh, 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 good. That's, that's really good. <laughs> I'm glad my speech worked. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a good laugh about it. And, you know, Gordon, I, I think I always respected Gord, and I, I really enjoyed the time that I got to work with him. He was fantastic. Such a great guy. You know, if we'd had the chance to work together, I'm sure we would have taken it. It never did transpire that way, but then he retired. So, yeah. So that's my story about Gord. Yeah. Gord's a great guy. I'm responsible for the aftermarket growth globally. And we're almost a 50-50 split between what we sell in Canada, what we sell uh, in the U.S. You know, market share wise, we're much stronger in Canada uh, just because there's not as many competitors, you know, for us to, to fight off in Canada as there are in the U.S. But uh, when you take our electrical accessory line and our lighting line together, uh, it's almost a 50-50 split. Not quite, but it's getting closer every year. The Canadian market is a fantastic market for grooting. 
we're up here in the far northern hemisphere, and you know, it really, really breaks my heart every year when uh, it's dark till about nine in the morning, and then it's dark again at you know three thirty in the afternoon. That brings me to headlights. I love selling your headlights, but I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. So first, why should someone look at the Grody LED headlight over a competitor? Well, it's almost as if you'd seen a press release that just went out last week, but I don't think that's the case. We just announced last week had politicians in from everywhere, the grand opening of a brand new uh, next generation manufacturing center here in our facility. We took about a third of our warehouse and built a brand new manufacturing facility specifically for headlamps for the OEM side of the business. Now, uh, we'll, we'll get some aftermarket benefit out of that as well. But we just uh, launched, uh, you may have seen um, the West, new Western Star, the heavy duty work truck. That is a grody LED headlamp on the front of that. And this facility that we just opened up allows us the ability to expand that. They're modular walls so that we can uh, we can make that facility bigger. It's uh, all temperature and environmental control. And so th- that modularity of that facility is going to allow us to really expand. And it's our goal to really become a dominant force in the forward lighting or LED headlamp business on the OEM side. We've been particularly strong in the aftermarket for many, many years. About half of our business is aftermarket and half is OEM. And we've really had a great success in the aftermarket with partners, people like the company you work for uh, in Canada and you know, and others here in the United States. There's about uh, almost 13,000 locations across North America that you can buy a Grody part. You know, we've had pretty good success on the aftermarket side of the business. But uh, we started out, uh, if, you talk, if you go back just a little bit, we talked about the technology for headlamps. We were really, really famous or uh, particularly in that work truck you know, side, the Peterbilt Kenworth type vehicles or the Western Star vehicles with our Perlux line uh, back probably when you were selling parts, right? With uh, headlamps, the Perlux line, the he- halogen, the heavy duty stainless steel housings. And over time, as OEM trucks have become more proprietary in the design of their headlights, that line has, has kind of moved off to the wayside. Where we are really creating strength in the aftermarket now is the sealed beam technology. So the seven-inch round sealed beam that might fit uh, anything from a Jeep Cherokee all the way to like a maybe like a Cascadia or something like that uh, that uses that seven-inch sealed beam. And then also the five by seven, which is really popular in the work truck industry, uh, and then our LED four by six. So those lights are out there right now on the road. We have a dominant uh, position in the waste industry, the hauler industry, retrofitting our LED sealed beams into those uh, to replace halogen lights. We do a lot of testing all the way around to get to your question. We do a lot of testing. Uh, We have great beam patterns, and we're not looking to just throw a bunch of light out into the road. We are looking at very clean cutoffs. So the, the law states very clearly where light can be and where it can't be. So we spend a lot of time making sure that the light is has a very clean cutoff, and that helps with the horizon. So you get a good light output. You have good styling. We make sure the fit, form, and function is right. So when you go to put it in, you don't have to do a lot of uh, manipulation to make sure the light fits. All those things go into the product development side to make sure that the product that the consumer, the driver, when they get that product, they're getting their money's worth. They're getting the value for what they're purchasing. I mean, those are a few of the reasons to choose a Grody LED headlamp, at least. So some of our customers in the South won't resonate with this problem, but anybody uh, that is up North, either in Northern US or of course in Canada, they'll know that when we switched to LED headlights, there was a big problem. The headlights themselves were not emitting a lot of heat now that they were LED and snow would pack on to the point where there was like no light at all. How has Grody solved that problem with the heated lens? So that problem is really twofold. So you're right. 
with the halogen bulb or the HID bulb, either one, the heat was uh, admitted and it was shining out enough that the housing and the lens would get warm enough. You wouldn't want to touch it. You know, it wouldn't burn you necessarily, the lens, but it would certainly it's creating enough heat to melt snow and ice. And with that switch over to LED technology, you're purposely trying to pull the heat out of the LED. They call it the junction temperature where the LED and the circuit board meet. And to ensure the uh, promise of the features and benefits, the life of the LED, you have to pull the heat out of the LED. So you're purposely pulling the heat backwards into the housing away from the lens. So therefore, the lens never really gets that warm. So having a heated product is important. So we've got a couple of options, a couple of products. Part of this new facility that I just mentioned, we are the first uh, production heated lens for the OEM original equipment in the United States or in North America. So that capability is built in with the wireframe on the lens that's being done on that side. On the aftermarket, we have just released a new LED snowplow light, right? So that's a, that's one market that uses a glass lens with a uh, with metal tabs, and it uses a software that senses the temperature and essentially sends current back up into the glass lens to uh, heat up that metal trim ring uh, spring, and then that uh, creates enough heat through the glass lens then to melt snow and ice. It uh, in the testing, it will melt snow and ice in about 15 minutes. Senses that ambient temperature. Uh, it automatically kicks on. The driver doesn't have to do anything. There's no switches or flip or anything like that. The uh, software will automatically uh, do that. We also have a series of 4x6, 5x7, and 7-inch sealed beams that we were talking about before that utilize that same exact heated technology. Those will be available in the Canadian market probably uh, before the year's end. For the U.S. market, they may be a little further behind. It'll be January or February before uh, we hit those. But but again, the Canadian market is really where that the biggest demand for that heated light is. So we planned that release for Canada sooner than we did in the U.S. And they all use that same technology. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. And today we've been talking with Chris. He's a global market manager for the aftermarket at Grody. And we've been talking all about Grody's great heritage and history and some of the great products that they have brought out. But I'd like to shift focus a little bit. I remember when LED lights kind of became prolific. And one of the big conversations we had with fleets was an LED taillight. When you switch over to LED from the old incandescent style, the reaction time of drivers, you know, the amount of time it took for them to see that red light light up when the truck applied this brakes on the back of the trailer was faster. And it actually proved that it would reduce rear end collisions. But it sounds to me like from our discussions that in the years between when that technology was first developed and today, there's more work that needs to be done. Could you kind of go into a little bit of what needs to be done to further reduce rear end collisions with tractor trailers? Sure. I think one of the one of the things that you're noting there is so the instant on nature of the LED and it's the extra stopping distance uh, in that amount of time. But one of the things that we did not have to deal with in the late 80s, early 90s, or the mid-90s when we really came out with LED technology that we deal with now is the cell phone. So a lot of rear-end technologies or rear-end accidents are still caused by distracted drivers that are looking at phones or looking at devices in the vehicle and not seeing the vehicle stop ahead of them. So the LEDs work great when the driver behind is actually paying attention to what's going on ahead of them. But if they're looking at a phone, it doesn't matter how long you're stopped or how much time you gave them, they're, they're not looking. 
So one of the things that has happened, uh, at least in the States, and we're still waiting for clarification of how this the situation will take place across the border into Canada, but you know, in the United States, a particular fleet, uh, Grondike, instituted a study on their own without really any kind of permission to see if they could add an extra light on the back of their tankers, if that would reduce the number of rear-end collisions. So they did this test for a number of years or a number of months. And they realized their numbers came back that they reduced rear-end collisions by 33.7%. So they got a waiver from NHTSA to add this light based on their study. So since then, a number of companies, uh, fleets and others, have been working to try to get this waiver as well. Right now, about a month ago or so, NHTSA released a waiver for any other tanker trailer to be able to add a, a strobing light to the back of their trailer so that when you hit the brakes, uh, it will strobe and that will help with rear end accidents. But we're still waiting for a waiver for dry vans and reefers and non-tankers. We hope the appeal that we are leading, we hope that that will be resolved by the end of November for all trailers. But just to kind of give you an idea of the data that we're talking about, uh, in 2018, NHTSA released data that said there were 531,000 accidents that involved heavy-duty trucks, so 531,000 heavy-duty truck incidents. They said about 22% of those are rear-end collisions. So that's 116,820 accidents that were rear-end collisions in 2018, or in the 2018 data. Now, ACT data says that there are about 3.3 million trailers on the road and so if you extrapolate that data, that three and a half percent of those uh, trailers that were in an accident, that's it's a big number, right? And NHTSA also says the average cost of an accident. Now, this is all accidents. This is passenger cars and all sorts. And so the number I'm going to give you is going to be artificially low because anybody who's involved in the heavy-duty trucking industry knows that uh, collisions that involve trucks and trailers also typically involve lawyers, whether or not it's uh, the truck uh, owner or an operator's fault or not. The average dollar amount that NHTSA says that an, an accident cost is $10,083. So if we take that 116,000 accidents that were rear-end collisions times the 10,000, you know, we're talking about someplace close to $325 million in cost, right? You know, we're, we're really talking about a small segment of the market, right? We're not even using the entire market when we do that. You know, we're, we're telling three and a half percent of the trailers that are in operation were involved in an accident at three and a half percent of those uh, trailers that were uh, involved in, a, in an accident. That was three hundred and twenty five million dollars in accident. If you can reduce the number of accidents by thirty three percent, like the uh, the Groendike study says, that means we're going to end up saving without boring your viewers with a bunch of math. We're going to be saving $109 million, almost $110 million in accident costs to the industry if we can reduce the number of rear-end accidents. So you know, this, these waivers about putting these strobing stoplights on the back of trailers, whether it be tankers or whether they be uh, dry vans or reefers, we know that the study, the data so far says that we're going to reduce those accidents. And it could be $110 million a year savings at that $10,000 per accident level. And again, we all know that it's more than $10,000 when a, when a car hits the back of a trailer in a rear-end accident. So that number is only going to go higher. But the data that we use is the data that's published versus what we know in our hearts, right? So yeah, there's $110 million, we think, of savings available just by this waiver being released. And that doesn't even talk about out of operation and all the other things that go along with that. Right. So that's a very conservative number. Is this a secondary light or is this built into the actual taillights? So different lighting manufacturers are taking different approaches to this. 
that we have a couple of competitors that have uh, have released a, a product that they already had, a strobing light that you would tie in. We've actually built a purpose-built light because what we did is we worked with one of the uh, top 10, well, without giving their name, one of the top 10 fleets in the United States and tested a number of different products, different platforms, the best way to do that. And their test results was they would prefer to have something that strobed amber and then went to solid red on. So it looked like a brake light. So the product that we are introducing to go along with this waiver release allows you, the driver, to hit the brakes. It strobes amber for five seconds and then goes solid on red. So it looks like a brake light. So it gets your attention. There was concerns that if you're stopped at a stoplight, for instance, and you hit the brake and the thing was just strobing the whole time, uh, you know, you could have an epileptic or something in the car behind you, you have a problem, or people just start ignoring it. And everything is flashing all the time. They just ignore it. So the idea was that if you uh, could strobe it, and then go to solid on, it would get more attention. So we, we're introducing that product. Uh, it works with a, uh, a conversion pigtail and a jumper system. So it's really flexible. We've, we've identified at least five different installation methods. So depending on the fleet, they might want two lamps at the top. They might want one lamp in the, in the middle. They might want two on the bottom, two on the top, but five different variations. And we have a harnessing system that will allow you to basically take the harness out of the back of the stop tail turn lamp that's already there plug this conversion pigtail in between, and that will run the power to the lamp. And so when you hit the brakes, the signal goes through and it automatically signals the uh, strobe light and it will turn it on. And we believe it's going to be uh, the most cost-effective, the most robust, and the easiest to install. And for the fleets, that's that's the key because it's going to be very easy to retrofit. It's surface mount. You don't have to cut any holes. It plugs into you know the preeminent uh, harness system out on the market, which is the Grody Ultra Blue Seal. We have the uh, largest market share. So it's um, very easy for the fleets to be able to install that without having to cut harnesses, without having to splice or anything else. It's just all plug and play. So we think we have a good solution for the market. So being able to retrofit is very important. What has to happen for this to become industry standard and to start to see trailers rolling off the production line with this technology already built in? Is there steps that need to still be taken? Because this is going to save lives. Yeah. So you know that data says that in those rear end collisions, there were 151,000 injuries and almost 5,000 people killed, right, in those, inj- those accidents we were talking about before. So the initial waivers uh, are for fleets to be able to retrofit the system onto their existing equipment. Right now, because it's not an FMVSS or CMVSS regulated light, OEMs might choose to go ahead and install it if their large customer is demanding it. But some OEMs are, are saying, hold on until there's a legal requirement. We can't do it. We are working around, uh, working through that with some OEMs. Hey, go ahead and install it. Just don't hook it up. And then the fleet can hook it up. And then, you know, so we're trying to come up with solutions for the OEMs. But I think until NHTSA makes a permanent decision versus the waiver, I don't think the OEMs will be moving there just yet. But we, well, there's hope and we think it'll happen sooner rather than later. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin. We've been speaking with Chris Kamek, Global Market Manager Aftermarket for Grody. If you want to learn more, go to grody.com. Links are in the show notes. Chris, thank you for being on the Heavy Duty Parts Report. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and i just like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile and... <laughs> Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada.
Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash hdatruckpride and let the heart of the Independent Service Channel take care of your commercial equipment.